Hello and welcome to Hybrid Working Habits. This is a free podcast-based course here on my podcast, Leading Virtual Teams, with me, Dr. Maren Deepwell. If you're new here, head over to the help and orientation page that I've linked to in the show notes to find out more about the course and to register. Welcome to this fourth and final part of the Hybrid Working Habits course. This week we are going to be talking about digital overwhelm and how to communicate more effectively in a way that works for you. Whether you're feeling distracted by constant notifications or unable to find time to focus because of an overflowing inbox, this episode tackles tech overload with a digital detox kit. We're going to be talking about ideas to have free time away from the screen and having mealtimes and breaks without a phone in hand. And we'll explore ways to communicate less often but more effectively. We'll also look at ways to reduce digital overwhelm whilst being present and regaining control over the tools that we use to connect. Now, if you have started this course in topic one, you might have a hybrid working wheel where you've reflected on the different elements of your way of working. And if you have done that, then I'd invite you to use this in the context of this episode as some of these strategies we'll be talking about could be applied to different ways of working and you might be able to align it with any areas you identified to work on in topic one. But if you haven't, don't worry, you can always revisit topic one um, and download a hybrid working wheel template to try it out for yourself. Now let's jump in. Now I want to start with the kind of approach to managing digital overwhelm and thinking about how we can be present and communicate well without getting kind of trapped in the kind of stream of being constantly connected and constantly present. I think many of us who have to deal with being online a lot as part of our work can easily get trapped in kind of the behaviors that technology and particularly apps that we use every day to communicate as well as social media apps um, are set out to to kind of you know be very sticky in our lives they are set out to keep your attention to focus that um, engagement and so a good place to start is to have a think about, you know, how can you reset your relationship with the tools that you're using and what practical steps can you take to kind of regain a sense of control over the over the tools that you use. And it might be that, you know, depending on where you are in your, your work life um, and what sort of challenges that you face, that you focus on only one aspect of this, or that maybe you have quite a lot of them that you want to focus on. But the data detox kit that I've linked to in the resources for this week has three main sections, and I've given them all a go and kind of really tried to um, tried to be just 
curious about what I find as I go along. So the first section of it is all about thinking about your smartphone and thinking about ways of controlling your, your smartphone data and how you use it um, to increase your online privacy. And that, um, that I think was really revelatory for me because I didn't really thought about my phone as being particularly, um, you know, the, the thing that I use the most for, for work. Um, so I really enjoyed trying that out. And it's been, yeah, it was really interesting for me to, to see quite how much clutter I'd, I'd gotten on my phone and how little I really thought about all these old apps that, you know, um, that I still had from a conference or a particular project. Then the second part of the kit, um, which I think for me was probably the most powerful, was thinking about the settings that it comes with. Um, that's really about sort of securing the information and um, just getting a sense of, you know, how using different apps um, on your phone can can kind of open digital doors, maybe to people we, we don't want to let in. Um, and I thought this was particularly helpful in the sense of thinking about sort of um, boundaries between work and the rest of my life. But the part that I probably spent the most time on was to think about um, this third section, which is called Escape the Defaults, um, which includes lots of easy techniques to enhance your digital well-being, um, starting with being present in a moment, um, spotting the design tricks, um, and then helping you stay media savvy and making yourself heard. And I found this really, really useful um, in terms of how I use technology and what it, um, you know, what, what it is designed to do. And so I thought um, one of the things I did as part of this is to just switch off all notifications on the apps I was using for work. Um, so that I don't get notified at all on my phone if anything happens at work. And I have to physically sit at my desk and be at my computer um, or open up my laptop in order to be notified. I found that really helpful. And I also, um, as a first step, decided that I was not going to let my phone um, automatically fetch new emails. Um, I thought the sort of incessant ping or incessant visual notifications of you have new email really frustrating and it very quickly got me into a sort of space where I always felt under pressure to check emails. So I took a first step and just, you know, stopped my email client from automatically fetching new emails, which meant that I had to go and manually open the mail app and ask it to refresh to tell me when new messages had come in. Now, I um, I ought to say that I did this for quite a while and then eventually decided I still couldn't keep my hands off my emails and I couldn't figure out how to, you know, how to have a, a set boundary with myself. So I just took work emails off my phone altogether. And life has been a lot happier since. There's definitely been a sense that email has become something less urgent now. And if you're sitting here thinking, wow, I would never take work emails off my phone. 
it might be worth considering, you know, why that is, what you love about it, or what you feel you need to be, you know, doing all the time, and considering how that's impacting on your, um, on your communication. I also um, tried, inspired by this data detox kit, to have a, a switch off time, kind of similar to, you know, a kind of pre-bedtime routine, where just sort of um, a period before um, bedtime, I would kind of switch off everything and not have any more technology in my life before I went to bed. This was surprisingly challenging um, and also really interesting. Um, and when I found that I wanted to still do things like listen to an audiobook on my phone, I just um, enabled airplane mode to help myself stay offline. And that was really helpful. Um, I also felt at times in the last couple of years, particularly past post-pandemic that I wanted to have a complete break from social media altogether and so um, I started with you know building my tolerance for not having a device to hand altogether and then like expanding this into a couple of hours until eventually um, I was comfortable just having a whole day without my phone and um, spending a whole weekend offline. I I think that's a really interesting experiment to try and, and reset your relationship with technology, to just take a break from it. I think particularly for hybrid working, um, those types of um, those types of dynamics can become very quickly. They they become very much part of life. But if you have a break from it and you step away from it, you can really gain a, a new experience, a new perspective. And I think the Data Detox Kit is a really helpful um, tool to kind of help explore all these different elements of how you could reset um, your relationship with technology and maybe lessen the sense of digital overwhelm. I think um, a lot of people talk around burnout with hybrid working and I feel to me, in my experience, there's a lot of connection between digital overwhelm and burnout. I think the relationship that we have with technology can be particularly challenging when you want to take time, time away from, from work and either protect yourself from burnout or, you know, maybe um, get through a period of burnout. And obviously, you know, sometimes, um, depending on the situation you're in, you may need to have far more support, take more drastic measures. Um, absolutely. I think when you're in a place where it's more overwhelmed rather than burnout, and you do feel able to take some action to help maybe rebalance things I really feel that you know taking time having a screen-free day or particularly trying to take a break and have a meal without technology at hand having lunch for example without your phone in hand um, 
can be a very powerful way of just stepping outside of the daily grind and the, the pressure of sort of communication and being always connected. I think for me, you know, I um, I think I'm very digitally literate and I'm very good at hybrid working, but even still, although I'm trying to be very intentional and controlled about it, I do feel that completely stepping away opened up such a new perspective for me that, yeah, I think it's a definitely a strategy, no matter how you implement it, whether you have a day or an evening or a weekend, but the longer you can do it for um, to be disconnected either from work or from all um, activity online, I think the more powerful a shift of perspective you can create for yourself. stay with this topic of connecting and being connected um, but in a way that works for you and one of the articles I've linked to for this topic is an article called what co-located teams can learn from remote teams and I really love this article because it sort of um, flips the common assumption that you know we always need to have a deficit model for hybrid working for the online part because it's not quite as good or not quite as immediate as um, being co-located and in person. And this article kind of takes the, the opposite perspective. It challenges us to think about what can we learn from working remotely, from working virtually, um, from being a distributed team, when we work in a face-to-face or a hybrid context. And there are three areas that the article kind of um, thinks about. Firstly, the shift from a spoken to a written culture. Secondly, empathy for each other's needs. And thirdly, making a concerted effort to stay connected with one another. Now, the shift from a kind of um, local spoken culture to a global written culture. So thinking about things like documenting and discussing decisions on shared documents um, and having, you know, online conversations as well as having um, virtual meetings is something that we covered in the last topics quite extensively. So I'm not going to dive into that more. But one of the things that um, I want to highlight is about being empathetic to your teammates needs and also making an effort to stay connected. I think one of the things the article suggests and sorry you can probably hear my dog in the background and she just woke up because she thinks oh this is a particularly interesting bit of the course so she wants to take part. But back to the topic um, being empathetic to your teammates needs That is really one of the things that I want us to think about when we think about digital overwhelm and when we think about how we communicate effectively, because not everybody can communicate um, in the same way and find, you know, meetings or direct messaging and so on um, is something that they can cope with to the same amount as everybody else. So... I think that is one area where sort of 
recalibrating your relationship with technology can be really helpful. Do you really need to answer all the emails that you get, you know, or, or could you just agree um, in your team that you set a norm that you don't have to say yes, thank you, or, you know, um, just send an, a, a confirmation if, if you don't have to. Nowadays, quite a lot of um, productivity platforms like Microsoft Teams, for example, let you respond just with a emoji or a thumbs up. Um, but I think that is an important area to consider setting some shared expectations for you and your colleagues. How much communication do you really need? And um, how can you tease that out? Um, what what feels enough or, or not too much? But also, um, you know, being respectful of screen-free or connection-free time. Um, nowadays, it is quite common for people to have something at the bottom of the email saying, you know, my working hours are these. Please don't feel obliged to respond outside of yours. But if you are someone who's leading a team or even if you work in it in a, in a team, in my view, there is a balance to be struck between, you know, what is what is formal um, and how you embody the culture that you want to foster. I think if you are setting the example that, you know, you work all hours of the day in order to get the job done um, and never take time off and you're always, you know, five minutes late for a meeting because there was something that overran um, and you're always overworked and overloaded. I think that sends a completely different signal, um, regardless of what it says at the bottom of your email signature about, you know, work-life balance or don't feel a pressure to respond. And I often see that kind of disconnect um, in virtual teams between what a policy is and what, you know, the lived experience is of how we articulate and then live kind of out our, our needs and, and policies. And particularly, I think many people find that, you know, their managers can be very impatient with getting a response if they send something on a Sunday and you may not be in until Tuesday because you work part time. You know, for them, three days have passed since you um, since they sent your request and you haven't responded. But to you, you know, hopefully if you haven't checked your emails and your work time off, um, it may be a sense of. You know, I've I've had this request right now, like an hour ago, and hence now I haven't responded yet. So there is a, a sense of, I think, making it okay and normalizing it to disconnect and making it okay to take your time to respond and not being available. That is really crucial to long-term success in hybrid working. And that is why I included the really nice graphic in this week's topic around, um, from Liz and Molly um, on the difference between how we're taught to measure success, which is much more around sort of, you know, things like job title and salary and how what might be a better measure to success, which might be, you know, how good your mental health is, how good your physical health is, liking what you do, having free time. And where 
you know, other indicators like the job title and the salary might be a much smaller part of the pie. For me, that was a really interesting thought experiment to kind of sit down and think, you know, how do I measure success in terms of what I do? And how do I measure what I want to get out of my, you know, hybrid working? So I wonder what if you made a similar um, graphic where you had a little pie chart um, and thinking about how important are different measures of success to you in your role. I wonder what would be on there. And if you did do that either in your head or on a piece of paper and you then go back to thinking about, you know, the digital detox kit and how it could help you achieve that. Um, those two kinds of um, approaches could be quite a, a powerful way of kind of combining um, different elements to you know, really align it with what's important to you. And I guess that is the other part um, of the article that I want to pick up, which is kind of, as the author puts it, making an effort to stay connected. And I wonder, um, you know, how you stay connected with your colleagues um, in a in a work context. I think most people sort of equate being connected with being instantly responsive with being online. And in my mind, that is not necessarily the same thing. I can be really well connected with people you know, by checking in with them once a week and making real time and giving them real focus and seeing how they're doing. Or I could be connected with someone, you know, by having a, a call with them, going for a walk with them at lunchtime. And that might be once in a blue moon, but I do make time for them. So I guess what I'm challenging a little bit here is the sense of, you know, how much being connected requires us to be constantly responsive, constantly present online. And I wonder what, what you make of that and how that, you know, works out in your day to day. How do you feel, you know, you can, you're connecting with people um, or you're present with people and does that require you to be, you know, always online? Um, or are there maybe other ways that you could explore? to communicate with them instead of, you know, having your status being constantly on. Now, in this last part of today's episode, I want to provide some prompts um, around setting intentions for your hybrid working and how you might want to develop. There are all the topics of the course to um, dip in and out of and resources to explore, particularly if you haven't had time um, every week and you've missed something, um, you're always welcome to go back to that. And there's hopefully um, some inspiration alongside some practical resources for you to use and apply in your day-to-day -day work. So I guess the, the three prompts that I've got for you, setting kind of intentions 
is to think about, you know, what first steps do you need to take to apply something that you've learned? What would be your first step? You might also reflect on how your approach or your understanding of your hybrid working has evolved or changed in the past few weeks. And thinking about what did you learn about how you work and what you might want to do more of and what you might want to change. I really hope that taking part in this course has acted as a kind of prompt for you um, as you develop your approach and you know when you go back um, to your day-to-day -day work with your team or project or your organization that you can try and implement some of the ideas. There are a couple of different strategies that I wanted to suggest as a practical way forward um, beyond sort of um, sitting here with your journal or just with your thoughts, um, starting to, you know, to turn over a new leaf. So one of these strategies is to think about, you know, how you could gather some feedback. So you could use the course as a basis for, you know, talking about how you work with your colleagues or your peers and gather feedback to learn more about what aspects of how you work currently are effective and any aspects or areas for future development. If you are a leader or manager, you might find that hybrid working can be quite lonely and that it's hard for you to identify why certain situations or relationships aren't really working the way in which you'd expect them to. So by asking some specific questions, um, or drilling down on a particular aspect of your approach, such as like maybe one-to-one -one meetings or sprints, um, you know, in your feedback, you might be able to gather some intel that helps you adjust, um, maybe just troubleshoot some areas that aren't working so well. If, you know, it might be the case that you're thinking more about your personal relationship to technology, your digital well-being or overwhelm, then maybe use the ideas from the course to set out a development plan for yourself and identify practical aspects of your current work setup, routines or strategies that you'd like to develop. You might want to make a milestone plan, which can be a really helpful way to, you know, start you off on the right track and helps you identify the kind of practical steps that you can take to get started. I have linked um, to a blog post I've written with a template around making a milestones map in the resources for this topic. So if you're not sure where to start, you can maybe use that to find some inspiration. And if you feel that, you know, you want some more support or focus on your professional development, do get in touch if you'd like to learn a bit more about coaching and the kind of work I do as a coach, particularly if you're looking for a thinking partner or fresh perspective or someone to help with following through on actions, then coaching could be a good fit for you. Now, I hope that this course has inspired you to think a little bit more about hybrid working 
And if that's the case, then I definitely encourage you to download um, the virtual team's book if you haven't already done that. Hopefully that will give you plenty more things to dive in. Now, one of the things that we've discovered as part of the course um, is a strategy around becoming 1% more comfortable. And that's one of the um, strategies that we've talked about in terms of your hybrid working setup and one of the, um, yeah, one of the things we've discussed in terms of hybrid working hacks. And I guess that is maybe the, the closing thought for this episode and the course is, you know, to think about if you could change one thing or if you could become, you know, 1% more effective or comfortable or less overwhelmed, what could you change today to make a small step in the right direction? I'm going to share with you as an example of something that I did um, to kind of make myself 1% more comfortable. And I will leave you to think about what is what yours could be. So for me, I think I've had a niggle for a long time that I was getting kind of um, edges in my arms from my edge of my desk where I sit. And I decided one day enough was enough. And I bought a very cheap and cheerful, but super effective wrist protector, which arrived promptly um, within the next day. And ever since then, I've been absolutely more comfortable and my arms are happier. And it's a small, quick fix um, that together with giving my desk a wipe and making it a little bit less dusty and a little bit more welcoming, helped me get off my next week to a much better start. Very small hack, but a big impact and a lasting one as it's been about, I don't know, two years now and I still enjoy it every day. So with that, it just leaves me to thank you for joining in the course. It's been fantastic to have so many people listen in and um, get in touch with me sharing their journeys and problems and struggles. I always love to hear from you. So please do reach out um, either by replying to any of the course emails if you've been registered or drop me a line on Instagram or LinkedIn and get in touch. I'm looking forward to hearing about your hybrid working adventures and I hope that you keep listening to Leading Virtual Teams and follow my adventures in return. Thanks again for joining in. virtual teams. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And as always, you can find the links to the tools and resources we talked about in the show notes or head over to marandeepwell.com forward slash podcast.